Hello and welcome to Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I'm Sam Miller. I'm with Ben Lindbergh. Ben, are you there? I'm here, and I'm quite all right. If your next question was, how am I? But maybe. Um, my next question is, how are you? I've already answered that one, so let's move on. Let's um, first, before we get to baseball, quickly address the cricket uh, situation. <laughs> Um, I got three um, messages, emails, responses to the cricket situation today. Two were positive. One was neutral, merely noting what, what we had already established, which is that there are crickets. And so the pro cricket group has taken a two-to-one lead, and my door is open today. Um, but uh, phone lines are still open, right. and I will continue to monitor the pulse of our <laughs> listeners so we said two pro cricket emails would carry the day and they just they barely they mustered just enough support. squeaked by yeah this is going to be like uh we're, we're getting dangerously close to 538 territory i'm going to be uh i'm going to be monitoring the demographics of this and and all of that um do you want to talk about some baseball yeah why not uh joe mauer is my topic and uh eric bedard is my topic so why don't you start with joe mauer okay um, so Joe Maurer was placed on waivers, which is, uh, of course, something that happens to many or most baseball players in August. Um, so that in itself was not remarkable. He was not claimed by any team, uh, which also was not remarkable uh, in that he does have a large long-term contract and... Uh, Regardless of, of what the Dodgers may do these days, uh, in most cases, when players are placed on waivers, especially with a gigantic contract, they do go unclaimed, or, or at least nothing happens. Um, but there was a considerable amount of speculation about whether something would happen. Um, people wondered, Ken Rosenthal wrote, about whether the Red Sox would be interested as a team that has kind of had its eye on Maurer in the past, uh, but just recently shed a lot of payroll. And according to Rosenthal, they didn't want to take on a whole lot of payroll just after they kind of got through uh, celebrating losing so much. Um, so, I, Which is weird. Can you say that's weird? I mean, you don't, shed, you don't shed payroll so that you can celebrate how much payroll you have. You shed payroll so that you can spend that payroll, right? Right. Uh, I guess so. I mean... It... that's. I'm not saying that the Red Sox should have claimed him. I'm just saying that's a weird justification for not claiming him. It's, yeah, I'm it sure... Yeah, I'm sure if they had felt that it was a good value, they probably would have done something about it. Yeah, I think that's more of the issue. But anyway, uh, go ahead. So, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to talk about Maurer because uh, his value or the perception of his value has fluctuated quite a bit in the past few years um, from the point in 2009 where he was the MVP uh, and really a, a great player and, and signed his, his huge deal to the point in 2010 where he kind of went back to being what he'd been before that, which was also an excellent player, but not quite at the same level. 
to the player he was last year, where he was hurt a lot, um, less productive when he was playing. His power kind of disappeared. Um, and now his bat is back, more or less, to what it was uh, with the exclusion of his, his MVP year. Um, and yet he is not worth as much as, as he was the last time he was putting up numbers like this because he's now basically splitting time between catcher and DH in first base. Uh, and of course he is still uh, an excellent hitter as a catcher and a very good hitter at other positions, but not quite to the same degree. Um, he's not, I, I, would, I don't know. Well, yeah. Okay. I, I was going to say, I don't think he is a very good hitter at other positions, but well, I think that he actually probably is a pretty good hitter at other positions and I'm not giving enough credit to the decline in league wide offense and I'm not adjusting enough in my head. So I take back my inter- my interruption. <laughs> And I apologize for it. Okay, I accept your apology. Uh, so he is 29 years old. He has 142.5 million dollars remaining on his contract. Say that again. Uh, 142.5 million remaining on his contract. 138 from 2013 through 2018. Uh, so I don't know. I, I guess that works out to about. 23 exactly 23 per year um this year and and every year through 2018 so i mean are you at at all surprised or or did you think there was any chance that that someone would want to take on joe mauer's contract and what i guess where do you see his career going from here do you think that he is about to turn into a jason kendall type um or is he, I, I don't know, will he come anywhere close to justifying that contract? Um, I, uh, I'm i not surprised that nobody wants that contract if that's the conclusion we draw from him clearing waivers, which, um, as I wrote about last week, is not necessarily the conclusion to draw from that. It's a lot of players don't get claimed uh, because they have the teams that, would theoretically want him uh, know that they're not going to get him, that there are conversations. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. But um, uh, so I, I'm not anyway, I'm not surprised that nobody would want his contract. Um, I'm uh, I think it was a little bit unclear, though, when he was on waivers, whether that was the consensus view or not. I I did see some comments that um that the twins would, you know, still be asking for plenty in exchange for him, and they wouldn't just give him up, and that it would uh, not be quite so simple as merely would a team claim him and get stuck with that, um, uh, with that, with that contract. Um, I think that it is probably um, the case that, well, when we when we used to talk about Joe Mauer, it was that he was going to have a, an elite bat at catcher and it wasn't clear how long he was going to be able to stick at catcher and when he had to move to another position his bat would carry another position mm-hmm. i think that at this point uh his probably his 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 uh his upside is something like um john Olrood's 30s uh at first base which is good 
um, and useful, but always the kind of guy who never really seemed to get enough credit from Major League Baseball, from around Major League Baseball, and uh, isn't a really exciting option at first base. Um, he has, um, well, he might homer 10 times this year uh, for the third time in his career. Right. And yeah. so that pretty much gives you an idea of what he is. If you, I mean, I don't know, I think maybe people think of Joe Maurer as having more power than he really ever has. If you look at his year-by-year home run totals for his full seasons, it goes 9, 13, 7, 9, 28, 9, 3, 8. Um, so whatever it was in that one year, I remember he had some kind of crazy opposite field power numbers um, and really hasn't been able to duplicate that or sustain that. That was just kind of a one-year anomaly. Well, he's kind of taken over the Ichiro mantle as the guy that everybody assumes could hit home runs if he wanted to. And at a certain point uh, in a player's career, you figure if he wanted to, he would. Yes. Um, he's a he's a big guy, and you know you project more power from big guys. And he is, you know, he he did have that one year. He um, he has had. Uh, you know, a, a, a 220 isolated power in a season. And so there's that, um, I guess that's the optimistic way of looking at his career is that he has shown it and he does have the body for it. But yeah, I mean, I think that Joe Maurer, especially last year, uh, he wasn't really contributing much of anything. And you would have thought that if he were going to change his approach to become a different type of hitter, uh, that would have been the time to do it. And he hit three home runs, and I think he had one going into September. And it seems like, actually, I, I'm not 100% sure about this, but uh, he um, is uh, as patient as any hitter in the game right now. Um, I think that he swings at fewer pitches than anyone or is in the, the bottom five. And I'm not sure that that was always the case. It, it might have been, so somebody should probably double-check. But um, it could be the case that actually the uh, change in his approach that he's making is actually to become less aggressive. Mm -hmm. And I wondered whether, uh, whether the offensive bounce back had anything to do with moving off catcher half the time and having less wear and tear and all that. Um, he's actually hit much better on the days that he's been catching for whatever that's worth. He has a, a 900 plus OPS as a catcher and, and about a 700 as a first base DH guy, um, of course, maybe those first stage, first base DH days are keeping him fresh enough to hit when he's catching. But uh, it could be. It's also that he's basically hitting his career norms right now. I mean, mm -hmm. his 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 line right now is almost a dead ringer for his career line, and it might just be that this is who he is. Mm -hmm. So I wonder. I mean, last year was an anomaly. So I wonder. I mean, if the move uh, to talk about his. Hall of Fame chances, which at one time seemed very promising. Um, maybe the the positional switch will keep him healthy enough to to keep playing beyond how long he would have been able to had he continued to catch full time. But as you say, he's not clearing the offensive bar by nearly as much, and and I wonder he's a guy with almost 40 career wins above replacement as a 29 year old, which. Uh, under most circumstances, it, I think would probably be a pretty good pace. Um, but that is probably going to slow down a bit, even even with his good 
numbers this year, we have him as as a little bit under two wins just because he is splitting half his time at, at first base in DH. Yeah, yeah, I think that he'll get there on merit. I think that his wins above replacement player will will reach a Hall of Fame standard, but I think that his battle is going to be that he's going to look like a guy who was really good in his 20s and petered out, and voters have traditionally uh, not really respected those guys a whole lot. Uh, there's some, I mean, especially when they hang around a while. I think if you disappear at 33 and you have those huge numbers in your 20s, you can still get credit for that peak. But when a guy has a long and unexciting, I mean, you know, uh, Jason uh, Wojciechowski wrote about Jason Kendall, who is a little bit below Hall of Fame standards, but in the public perception and I think in voters' perception is way, way, way below standards, and it's because he had the type of 30s that I think you're fearing. Uh, I mean, I don't think either of us thinks Maurer will be that bad, but the sort of 30s that um, that don't uh, that don't age well, that don't create great legacies. Mm-hmm. And uh, just for the record, I checked in. Uh, Maurer's swing percentage this year is a career low. It's not like super dramatically lower than in the past, but it is a career low. Okay, so we won't have to do a correction segment on that tomorrow. Not, not unless he swung like <laughs> nine of ten pitches he okay. saw tonight and pushed himself over. Okay, uh, Eric Bedard. Eric Bedard, um, nothing uh, earth-shattering, but uh, he was released by the Pirates, and um, I just find this fascinating. I find it um, an interesting twist in his career because Bedard has always been, or at least for the last few years, has been the kind of pitcher that um, you thought would just be a perfect fit on a contender because he's either really, really good or he's just on the DL. And so you just could predict getting him at a discount, and if you happen to to luck out and he's healthy in October, you've got a very good uh, playoff starter. Uh, in his career, uh, he slots in exactly between Josh Beckett and Zach Greinke for ERA+. Plus. Um, and Pakoda, before this year, projected a 3.21 ERA for him and a 2.1 warp in 19 starts, which is to say that Pakoda liked him more than all but um, perhaps a half dozen or a dozen starters in baseball on a per-game basis um and so the great irony is that um he's been on losing teams all of his career he's been the perfect pitcher for a contender and he's never been on a contender and this year out of nowhere he is shockingly on a contending pirates team and they release him um and uh so this is uh weird and it's sad uh in a, if you care about eric bedard i don't I, I don't think probably anybody cares all that much about Eric Bedard, but it's a, it's an interesting twist. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other little twist to it is that Bedard's, um, uh, well, it, it seemed, <laughs> there, I, there's one story on uh, MLB.com about uh, his release and, and maybe one of the reasons for his release. And it, it, it seemed like sort of he didn't seem to care that, that he failed um, or, he didn't take it as seriously as maybe the manager wanted to. And, and I can quote the piece. It said, reporters were bemused by Bedard's nonchalant dismissal of terrible outings, uh, despite manager Clint Hurdle's frequent defense of the left-hander as a fierce, far fiercer competitor inside than what he shows on the outside. There's every indication he took the same cavalier attitude with management as he did with media 
Uh, and as an example, the lefty felt the curveball on which Carlos Gomez had hit a go-ahead home run was well-located, low enough that if he doesn't swing, it hits the dirt. But a few minutes earlier, Hurdle had said the breaking pitch was up right in the path of the swing. Um, so it's uh, it could be that Bedard found a team. I mean, I don't know. Bedard's always been on, other than after the trade to Boston last year, yeah. sort of. Uh, he's always been on bad teams. He's been on bad teams his whole career, and uh, maybe he just internalize that or maybe he um i don't know i don't know i said it's all speculation who knows i i doubt that's really the main issue the main issue is that he has an era over five and he couldn't outpitch uh jeff karstens for the fourth slot in that rotation and also as a little sub issue garrett cole was promoted to triple a tonight and uh it's conceivable that the pirates are um at least keeping in the back of their mind the possibility that garrett cole could be a october surprise jeff karstens constantly surprises me by being not bad yeah me too um the the makeup thing or the character thing was kind of a theme with bedard in seattle too wasn't it or i vaguely remember he was sort of not a a fan favorite because he didn't talk to the media much or at all but then there were other segments of that fan base who thought he was misunderstood in some way um, yeah, if you're misunderstood in some way, then that's a bad indicator. Regardless, I think it's not necessarily your fault, but it's a bad indicator that you are being misunderstood. Because uh, being understood is a part of um, of uh, being a successful adult. Uh, I don't remember the specifics of Seattle, but yes, there was some smoke there. Um, something. Who knows? I, who cares? Yeah, I I am fond of the uh, the either good or injured guys. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Bedards and the Hardens and the Sheetses, uh, although all of those guys now have, have been bad for, for Yeah, a time. it's sad when the good or injured guys just <laughs> yes. become bad. That's a really sad part it of the, the career. And, and you never see it coming because you rarely, you know, you you only see them a few times a year. It sneaks up on you when they get old. Mm-hmm. You know, his comp, his uh, Pakoda comps this year before the season, which this surprised me because I don't think, I don't think Bedard is really pitched a game of relief his, his whole career maybe a couple his comparables um were uh hideki okajima matt thornton and arthur rhodes who all found great success as relievers in their 30s and um at least in two cases had starting backgrounds so i don't know if that means anything it probably doesn't but it uh would be cool if it did just because It'd be fun if Bedard made himself into an awesome yeah. lefty reliever who could stay healthy. Well, just glancing at his numbers, it doesn't look like they're a whole lot different. I mean, just his peripherals don't look a whole lot different from what they've been for a while now. Well, it's the low end of his it's the low end of his strikeout rate and the high end of his walk rate, and his velocity is down a mile from last year, two miles from the previous, and. Um, I think that there's the, the 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 general talk is that his command is a is a bit off. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I'll allow that release to happen then. Okay. All right. Um, I'm hosting, so why don't I wrap it up? Uh, ben, thank you for talking about baseball with me. We'll be back tomorrow with two new topics, and uh, then it will be the weekend. Uh, let us know what you think of the crickets, and have a great day. <laughs>